0: Well, welcome to week two in our series looking at uh, the letter to the Ephesian church. It's great that you can be here on what is a wet Sydney day. It's a, it's a long time since we've had church at the same time as rain. So it's wonderful to, to be here and it's great that you've braved the, the wind and the rain to be out amongst us. Um, I want to actually just start off with a quote. And this quote is from... Um, a very famous artist, who's quite old, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, Uh, and he said this, uh, let me put it up on the screen for you, an average human looks without seeing, listens without hearing, touches without feeling, eats without tasting, moves without physical awareness, inhales without awareness of odour or fragrance and talks without thinking. Now, the question is, are you an average human? No, fantastic. I'm glad somebody here is above average or below average. Which one is it? So, above? Uh, definitely above, definitely above. Let's just raise ourselves up and let's not put ourselves down. That's OK. Because, you know, the thing is, if we want to take it actually a little bit further, and we're talking about seeing today, um, that there's none so blind as the person who refuses to actually see, is there? None so blind as the person who refuses today to see. Now, I was thinking about this, and I'm thinking, well, how is it that an average person can look without seeing? How can a person who is not blind... Look at things and not take stuff in and not be able to recognize what's going on. Now, and I remember back to a TV show I saw on Netflix a while ago, and, and our family got right into this TV series. It was called Brain Games. And we, we watched a, a number of series in it, but there was one that I remember, um, and it's, it's really, it really struck me. And, and, and this, this episode was all about seeing and vision and how our brains. Take in and perceive and record information, and, and it's really interesting because if you think about it, and, and, and the, the science is that our brain—you know—the the largest part of our brain is actually dedicated to visual processing and remembering visual images. But if you think about the amount of things that you see in any one day, that's a huge amount of stuff, isn't it? That's a huge amount of information. So, what does our brain do in order to? remember and process and keep that? Well, the thing is, our brain throws away information all the time. It only remembers the things that it thinks is important and that we need to have. So, you know, ultimately it comes down to our brain works on the basis that um, there's there's some short-term information that our brain needs to have. And that's kind of like uh, situations about danger and what's going to happen and am I going to fall over something in front of me and your brain's processing that all the time. You, you, you're seeing it through your eyes, processing it and going, am I, is there some danger here? And your body has to react quickly to that. Then it needs to go, brain needs to then start to think about, well, what's significant? What things am I going to remember? What things do I need to store away for later? Now, to put this into practice, I'm going to ask you a question. For those of us who were with us last week, what colour shirt was I wearing? Everybody saw me last week, everybody was looking at me last week, but did our brain remember what that was? I had to look it up, I didn't remember what it was. I had a vague idea, but you know, it's okay if you don't. Um, but see, see, I was wearing a white shirt, yeah, yeah, good, you got that. What was, it? what was on the shirt, what colour was it? Blue, blue actually bird of paradise flowers, but that's okay. But see, it's, it's amazing that, you know, we recalled that because we often thought there it was, it was something there that... And now I, you know, got it in there. You, you recalled that or you didn't remember it all. It was, I was here, I was wearing a shirt and that's what it was, you know. Hopefully I was wearing a shirt, wasn't I? Yep, that would, it looked terrible if I wasn't, but I was wearing a shirt. And so that's... See how our brain remembers things and not other things? If I was to ask you what colour pants I was wearing, that might be a bit harder. The shirt was easier, pants not so good, and it's got brown. And it knows what (laughs) what I've been wearing. You've got an unfair advantage. (laughs) It's it's, it's not wrong between, you know, it'll either be brown, blue or black. You know, it's pretty simple, you know. It won't be too outrageous out there. Uh, And and a lot of you actually know that I actually enjoy taking photographs. Um, And... Photography is one of my kind of little bits of passions there and, and it's interesting because I, at times I've been out with people, um, other people who've been taking photographs and we've come back and um, compared photographs after a little while and just looked at it and often I get the comment, I didn't see that at all, where did you take that? And they were standing right next to me. And see, the thing is, it's about seeing, you know, photography, especially like landscape or um, any kind of photography, you train your brain to see more of what's there and take in everything. And so you might see something that has a little bit of fine detail and you take a photograph of that because it caught your eye or might be looking at the big vista. It's not just about walking through life and letting things go. Now, with all of this talk about seeing and how a brain processes information and remembers what's important, it's a, I want to bring this into how we remember what God's promises for us are. What God has given us and what why does this relate to the letter to the Ephesians? Because Paul in the letter to Ephesians, and we looked last week at the, the first six verses, and we're going to, in the chapter one, and we're going to actually look at Ephesians uh, from seven through to the end of chapter one, so we're going to finish off chapter one today. But Paul is encouraging us to use our eyes of our hearts so that we may be enlightened, so we may see what God's purpose for us is. And what his promises are and this is important because we need to not only look we need to see we not only need to listen to what god is telling us but we need to take it on board for ourselves we need to hear it for us so chapter one ephesians paul has been reminding us that our identity is in christ jesus that we have a purpose and that god has a plan and that we are actually a part of this plan um, Jesus' salvation. So I want to put up on the screen um, the, you know, verses 7 through to 14. And it'll be in, in a couple of chunks for us, but I want us just to hear what Paul is saying, see what Paul is saying to us about what is important, what things we need to hear. And as I go through it, I'm going to come back to certain sections because they are important for us, because they give us what God's plan is for us, what our identity is, and what we need to do. So up on the screen, and I'm, I'm reading from um, the New Living Translation at the moment. I'm going to actually flip to the NIV because it, uh, the New Living Translation. While I love this version, uh, and it's great for us to read, sometimes it uses you know it's brought the language into everyday language for us so that we can kind of hear it. But sometimes it, you know, a particular translation will rephrase a word slightly and so that's why we're going to jump into the NIV in the second section just so we can hear that, um, that translation talking about seeing specifically. He is so rich, so this is God, so rich in kindness and grace. So that's what, first of all, yeah, straight into it. What do we need to know about God? That he is rich in kindness and he has grace. He's given us the grace of forgiveness of sins. That he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, so there's Jesus, and forgave our sins. So right up the front, we know, that's, that's important information for us to remember. To actually not just let flow through us, but to store into our brains about who we are, what God's purpose for the whole world is, and what he's done for us. Amazing. He has showered his kindness upon us along with all wisdom and understanding. So God is giving you understanding, giving you wisdom in this. He's, he's wanting you to know what his plans are. He doesn't want to keep them secret and say, aha, here you go. He's wanting you to know what God has done, what has happened throughout all of history, what Jesus Christ has done. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And in this plan, at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything on heaven and on earth. So God is doing this. Authority is given to who? All authority is given to who? See, here's some key points. Here's some key theological points. Here's some key things we need to remember. All authority is given to Jesus Christ. It is through Christ that God's plan is fulfilled. And furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received what? We have received an inheritance from God amazing that you one of the things we've received an inheritance from god and and, you know an inheritance means that you are part of god's family that He has given you what god already has and given you that when you get an inheritance from somebody it's because they've passed away and their their possessions are given to those that they've they've organized to have ahead of time and we have an inheritance from God. For he's chosen us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plan. So God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. God's purpose was that, first of all, we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, that is everybody, all the rest of the world, have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ... He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. So this is what we have from Christ. A guarantee that God has given us an inheritance. And it comes through the chosen ones of the Jewish people and also from all of us, the Gentiles that we may be identified as his own, as God's people. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that what, what we, we would praise and glorify him, Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And that's what we do the Holy Spirit working our life is God's guarantee that he has given you the inheritance that is eternal life with God as promised. What an amazing, wonderful gift. See, so many people will hear this and say, Jesus has forgiven your sins. Jesus loves you. God loves you. So many people will listen to this message given out and the church around the world has been saying this for decades and centuries and millennia but people as Leonardo da Vinci says they don't hear it they're listening to what's going but they don't hear it they don't internalize it they don't take it upon themselves they don't personalize it See, God gives us salvation. God gives us hope. God gives us a future for the world. We just need to be able to see it. We need to be able to let it into our brain, not filter it out, but let it in. And then see what Paul then does in the letter of Ephesians. See, he's writing to this church and he's he's praising them, he's encouraging them to remember, to see what God has done that it's not just in one group of people, but it's for all of the people. To encourage them, to, to lift them up so that they will continue to go and telling other people about Jesus Christ. To encourage them to lift their standards of who it means for them to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And then Paul moves on and prays for the Ephesian church, and we take this prayer on for ourselves as well. And this is where I'm going to jump into the NIV so that we can hear what Paul prays um, and talks about opening the eyes of our hearts. And I think this is an amazing little statement, opening the eyes of our hearts. That's to actually see what God has done and not close down to God's great message for our lives to open it up and to see what God has done. And so from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through to 23, to the end of the chapter, we have this. And for this reason, ever since I heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, so he's talking to the Ephesian church, and he could be talking right here to New Beginnings and everybody else, all the other churches i have not stopped giving thanks for you so if we take this on upon ourselves for, for new beginnings not stop thanking you for remembering you in my prayers i keep asking that god our lord jesus christ has the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know may know him better so that the reason you get the spirit of revelation and a knowledge and understanding is so that you may know God better. You may know what Jesus Christ has done. You may know what the purpose for your life is. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, to be, to be opened up to the truth of the matter in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. What a wonderful prayer. See, Paul prays that our eyes may be open to see and to see some very specific things that we may have that wisdom, the revelation of God in our lives, that we may understand the meaning, the plan and the purpose that God has for us, that we may know our identity in Christ, who we are. He prays that we may be enlightened and enlightened means to actually have that greater knowledge, that understanding, that that depth, that opening up and spiritual revelation for our lives. And he wants us to know three things when our eyes are opened. Paul prays that our eyes will be opened to see, one, the hope to which he has called you. So he wants you to know the hope that is found in Christ, it's a calling of hope, of good things to come. It's not—it's not about that. That you're going to have necessarily good things right now. It's not about prosperity. It's not about that. But it's about the joy and the hope of life everlasting, of knowing that inner peace that you have been saved, that you are wonderfully made and created, and that God has a purpose for your life. That you are not mean. That you are not wandering through life without meaning. That you have purpose. That God will come through in all situations no matter how hard or how easy it is, God will come through. He also prays for the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So in other words, that they will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that they will be able to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ with boldness. That they, that they it's, it's not a selfish vision of heaven that you're going to store up riches for ourselves. It, it, it's... And if we look at what the the actual Greek translation is, it it actually refers to God's inheritance as as being a people set apart for him, for his purpose, for God's purpose. Not about storing up, but being set apart to go out and spread the good news, to proclaim. God wants us to know who he is. Paul wants us to know who God is. I want you to know who God is and what God has done for you. To see that God treasures you as an individual, as a person that is unique. In, God, in God's eyes, he sees you, all of you. And he loves you. And he wants to lavish the riches of it. It brings you back to this understanding. If we were to go back into the Gospels and what Jesus was talking about, the parable, about the, the two brothers, one who wanted his inheritance now and the other one that who, who worked with the father and the one that went off and squandered it all but realised who his father was and came back to him, He kept on lavishing back the riches that he had to him. God loves you no matter who you are, no matter whether you've wandered away or come back. And he wants to lavish those riches of inheritance upon you. And thirdly, what Paul wants us to see with our eyes, the the, the wisdom that he wants us to know for us, is his incomparable great power of us who actually believe. He wants our eyes to be open to God's power in that world working through you. No matter what what things are against you, God is always greater. The power, that power of God's greatness working in your life is for us, for us who believe. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power for us. And here Paul raises his eyes to Jesus to see Jesus and says, I want to see Jesus in his right hand, sitting next to God. Great power and importance. And we see that far above all rule, authority, power and dominion, every name that is invoked is the name of Jesus. And God has placed all things, under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way see this is what God wants us what Paul is encouraging the Ephesian church and what I am encouraging you today to hear that God loves you God wants you there is power in this that you will understand the hope that he has called you to, that you will know the riches of his glorious inheritance and that there is that incomparable power of God working through you for the benefit of the world to know the name of Jesus Christ above all things and that our church will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that our church will proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in every way, in every shape. So let's just pray together. Let's just ask God to to open our hearts and our minds to, to him who is above all things. Our gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that we can come and share together with you. We give you thanks that we can come and read the Bible together to open it up and not be afraid and not be scared and not be persecuted. We have freedom, Lord. But with that freedom has come arrogance. Lord, help us not to be arrogant. Let us hear, truly hear your words. Let us see what you would have us to see. Let us know what you would have us to know. Let us not just be ignorant, but let us be open to your leading in our lives. Let us be open to your leading from the church. May your Holy Spirit guide us, lead us today. May we know that you are placed above all things that you are anointed one, Jesus Christ, and may your power be upon us now. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.